But the reason I want to introduce Crystal is because I see in this lady a determination and a, uh, a passion and a commitment to not only the truth of God, but the presence of God. And I see the reason Crystal is so at home here is because like many of us, she wants every one of you to encounter God in a way that's unique to you. So God knows your fingerprints. God knows how many hairs are on your head. God knows what you're going through. And he has got a, an impartation for you this morning. So Crystal, come on up. Let's give her a big welcome. And come and share with us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hello. <laughs> Just so close. Um, so some of you, <coughs> I spoke at Ignite a little while back, and so some of you have heard this already. And then I had, prior to that, um, I had a, prof a ladies' prophetic tea party, and some of you came to that, and I, sh I shared on some points very briefly. And so what I wanted to do was expound on those points, which is what I did at Ignite. And I just felt like there's so much that God still has left to say to us here for 2021. So I want to talk about God's love for us in this, for this year, along with 21 and what that means for us, because we're still in 21 for the rest of this season. So as I talk about God's love in these particular five points, I'm going to talk about chapter 21. In Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Joshua, all chapter 21s. And, but it's all about God's love, his love for us. But before I go into that, I want to talk about, because we can't receive God's love without giving God's love. It's not just ours to keep. And so as I focus on God blessing us with his love, I first want to share a story about giving out God's love. So I had a birthday, and I received a bunch of gifts, and I, one of the gifts I received was this little box here. And it's a, pair of, it's a pair of earrings in the box, and they're beautiful earrings, but the box is what spoke to me the most. And you can come look at it later. It's a picture of a woman's head, and she's blowing a kiss. And the kiss is just all these little gold hearts. And so... When I saw this box, I started, because I received a bunch of gifts, and so I started documenting on Facebook each day that I opened a gift. I wanted to ask God, what do you want to speak to me through this? So when I saw this box, I immediately heard, give love, yeah. give love. So it reminded me of a story. So one day it was on my heart to um, make this box, a very beautiful box, and fill it with 30 one-of-a-kind, gorgeous blank cards, and to fill them with words of encouragement, scripture, hope, quotes, and then to give the box to a lady um, that I didn't know. And, but she was on my heart, and I felt like God said, make her this box and then give it to her. I didn't know anything that was going on in her life. I had seen her before, but I didn't know her. So I made this box, and... Um, filled it with all these beautiful cards full of scripture quotes, whatever God was putting in my heart. And, and then I did the meaning of her name, which mean, her name meant victory. Yeah. And so 
this lady was at work and she was up in probate and so I went up there and I just said to her, can I um, share something with you? And she said, sure. And again, I, 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 I've seen her, but I, I never really, I didn't know her. So I sat down across from her and I began to tell her about this box that I felt God put on my heart to give to her. Um, that I, I began to explain to her that what the box was about and how God had put her in my heart and he wanted her to have this. She reached across the desk like this and grabbed both of my hands like that, both my hands and, I mean, held them for at least a solid five minutes and would not let go. And she began to cry. And she proceeded to tell me that that morning she cried out to God saying, I need for you to speak to me. I need for you to speak to me, God. I need for you to speak to me. I need, you, I need to hear your voice. I need a word from you today, God. I need a word from you today. I need to hear you today. Like right now, God, I need for you to talk to me. I need to hear you. And then he did. So giving love can look like so many different things. A, hu a hug. I mean, giving love can look like so many different things. A hug, a word of encouragement, a simple hello. That day it looked like a box. I had no idea the impact that it would have on her life. I didn't know that she had stage four cancer. I didn't know anything that was going on in her life, but God did. And I'm telling you this to just say, we don't always know what's happening in others', in others lives. But if we simply listen to what God might be speaking to our hearts, so many things can happen. We just need to make ourselves aware. Um, that day giving love brought healing. That day, giving love brought joy. That day, giving love brought hope. It formed a friendship, but most importantly, it showed her that God loves her, he hears her, and he cares. So I wanted to share that story first because um, I just think it's important. And, you know, love is, there's so many facets of God's love, and this is about just us giving love. It's going to look different for each person because we're also very different. But there are things that God wants us to do, I mean, that's going to bless someone. And we don't know. We don't know how it's going to bless them or how it might affect them. But if we just listen to that voice and just step out, yes. it will make a difference. Can this raise up a little bit? Or I feel like I don't have my glasses. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Thank you, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I want to talk about, now I have five points that I want to talk about, and I just want to briefly share on each point. And I think they're especially important because... They all have to do with 21, and we're in 2021. So I believe that this is a word for us now. Um, it's a word for us at any season that we're in. It doesn't have to be 2021, but because these are chapter, all of these are chapter 21, I think it's especially important that we be more aware of it now more than ever. And it's also things that God is doing in our lives right now. But before I go to these five chapters, I want to talk about the number 21. So 21, I don't know if you knew this, but 21 in Hebrew means judgment. 
um, I find that very interesting. We're in 2021. 21 means judgment. But love requires judgment. Not our judgment, but God's judgment. So judgment is, a, is about pronouncing something good or evil. It's about right or wrong. It's a statement of fact. To me, the word judgment, I don't particularly care for that word because it's a harsh word. Um, it's not one of my favorite words, and there's so much in that particular word. I mean, it could take me hours and hours, days, weeks to just even begin to get just a little bit of information and a comprehensive understanding of what that means. But I'm just going to give you a snippet because we are in 2021 and, and it's important. So there's a lot of things in the Old Testament about God's judgment. And it can be pretty severe. There were wars, plagues, prophecies of coming punishment. But the thing is, God is holy. He has a right to execute judgment anytime that he wishes or chooses, simply based on the fact that we are wicked and evil people. In the world right now, I mean, simply put, it's just gone mad. I mean, there's so much happening in the world right now that's just crazy. What's wrong is considered right. What's right is considered wrong. There's lying, cheating, stealing, killing. But God has rescued us from our sin and has put his spirit in us to make us more into the image of Christ. So we can rejoice in God's judgment because it reveals his holiness. God judges sin and evil with perfect justice. He never judged wickedness without exalting righteousness. That's a huge word to unpack. Um, all I can say is we can rest assured that God is going to do something. Um, we don't need for it to be 2021, but the fact that it is, again, be more aware. There are things right now where God is pulling the covers off of things. There are things that are hidden that are being brought to the light. What is concealed is being revealed. What is classified is being declassified. The, mis the misinformation, truth is being revealed. Righteousness wins in the end. Righteousness always wins in the end. I'm not just saying that that's scripture. Righteousness wins in the end. And what is righteousness? It's all that is ethical. It's all that is honorable. It's all that is good. It's all that is honest. It's all that is right. Righteousness is all that is true. It's virtuous. It's good. It's just. Righteousness wins in the end. So... I just wanted to briefly share on the word judgment because there's so much in that. Again, it's not one of my favorite words. But I can rest assured with everything that's happening in the world, righteousness wins in the end. And God is revealing things a little at a time. And we can pray. I mean, we are in 21. 21 means judgment. God is doing it. I don't care what anybody says. God is doing it. His word says it. He's doing it. And I want to share just these uh, scripture. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Romans 8, 4 through 6. In order that the, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. 
But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And one more verse. Hosea 10:12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And I just think the people, the people in the world are just crying out. We're crying out for righteousness. We're crying out for justice. And it says God is going to rain his righteousness upon us and upon this land. So I just wanted to share briefly the word judgment. Um, So now if I go to these five chapters, Genesis 21 is all about promises and covenants made and kept. Exodus 21 is about making things right, the rights of slaves to go free, the restitution for losses, the repayment of things taken. Then you got Leviticus 21, which is about being pure. The priests are to be pure and undefiled, consecrated. And then you have Numbers 21. It's about saving Israel and cleansing the land. And then you have Joshua 21. The Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they possessed it and rested there. And I want to go one by one and just share a little bit of each chapter because it's, I believe this is where we're at, and, and I believe this is what God is wanting to speak to us. So Genesis 21 is about promises and covenants made and kept. Um, so God fulfills his promises to Abraham and Sarah. The promise of a son, he promised them a son, and the promise of a son was fulfilled because it not, was not fulfilled because Abraham was perfect in his obedience, but because God was faithful to his word. We are not perfect. We make mistakes all the time, but if God said he was going to do it, he's going to do it. Some promises of God are conditional and depend on something we must do, and other promises of God are unconditional which means God will fulfill them not because of what we do, but because of who he is. So if we walk into a store and the owner says, I have something for you, I'm going to give you something for free. All we have to do is believe that what he said is true and then take it. So that promise to Abraham and Sarah was unconditional. He said he was going to do it, so he's he's going to do it. There was nothing they really had to do. It was an unconditional promises. And I know, there are prom- I know there are people in here who have promises that have been spoken to them by God and you're still waiting. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm talking specifically right now the unconditional promises. And a lot of us, I mean, there are promises, there are things that God has spoken to my heart that I'm still waiting for. And it's unconditional, unconditional promises. The problem with God's one-way contracts is that he decides on the timing and not us. (laughs) So to live by faith is to wait for God, for what God desires for our lives. Sarah was way past her birthing period, and, and she laughed. She was barren and unable to conceive children as early as 25 years prior to when God told her she was going to have a baby. So she was 90. Abraham was around 100. Point is, nothing is impossible with God. He's all-powerful, and he's faithful to keep his promises. 
Despite them both laughing at the prospect of having a child, he brought them joy with a son named Isaac, which means laughter. So not only that, but verse 6 says, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And so every time everyone heard, anytime anyone heard the name Isaac, they laughed and rejoiced with Sarah and Abraham. So it not only brought Sarah and Abraham joy, but it brought everyone else around them joy as well. A fulfillment of the promise is um, to make that thing real. It's to bring into actuality and habit being sitting in front of you. It's, um, a, it's having achieved your desires. It's bring to a realization as a promise or a prophecy. Um, it's a complete realization of all the possibilities. And one of the things while I'm in this place of waiting on a promise, the one word that God keeps speaking to me is the word expectancy. And I, ha- I mean, we all go through things in life where, you know, and, and if you've been waiting for a very long time for something, um, you can sometimes lose hope. And so the word that God spoke to my heart about this particular Genesis 21 is to continue to have a heart of expectancy. And expectancy is to have a heart of hope. It's believing that it will happen. It's an anticipation, but not just an anticipation, but an excited an excited anticipation it means to look forward to it means to believe and so my prayer for myself and for you is that if you find yourself if this if you're relating to this at all if you have a promise that you've been waiting on um, my prayer is that God would give you a heart of expectancy that in your time of waiting that God would fill you with such an expectancy that you would be filled with such hope that such an excitement that it doesn't matter the circumstances, the atmosphere, or anything going on around you, that that expectancy would be so engraved in you that nothing else will matter, that you will believe, that you believe, that you believe, that what God said he was going to do, he's going to do. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask. What we ask. God loves us so much that he wants to give us the desires of our heart. And hope, that's a very loving attribute of God. Without hope, we have nothing to look forward to. So that's Genesis 21, promises and covenants made and kept. Exodus 21 is about making things right, the rights of slaves to go free, the restitution for losses, repayment for things taken. Now maybe you fit into, into this category. I'm just going to tell you, I, I kind of fit into all the categories. <laughs> um, Exodus 21, making things right, rights of slaves to go free, restitution and repayment. God is love, and he's a loving God who wants to free us. Restitution means to be restored. When restitution happens, it means the replacement or the giving back of something that was lost, stolen, taken. Restoration means something restored to fix, repair, mend. To restore 
to a more youthful condition. Yes. <laughs> it means getting something back. It means improvement. It means revival, repair, yes. recovery, yes. refreshment. It means to bring back to health. It means to bring back to good spirits. It means to renew, which means to reestablish on a new, improved basis, to make like brand new. It means to return to life. So if God is wanting to restore something in your life, I mean, maybe there's areas that you just have felt dead. God wants to breathe life back into those places and bring it back to life. It means to give new energy to. Um, it means to revive, which means to restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state. Replacing apart or putting together what is torn or broken. Restore the honor or worth of. To strengthen, to bring back, revitalize, rebuild. All of that is, is, is about restitution. Because all restitution means to be restored. And all of that is in chapter 21 of Exodus. And we are in 2021. Um, we are free to lean on Jesus. We are free to be ourselves in our Christian life. People have been searching for the word freedom for thousands of years. In the Old Testament, God's people lost their physical freedom time and time again as various empires overtook them. A lot of times, physical freedom was tied to spiritual disobedience, but God forgives and he rescues Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery, what is that? I mean, is there a yoke of slavery in your life? You know, what is it in your life that has been holding you back? And some of you have already broken free from, from, from things. God has already set you free from some things in this season. But maybe there are other things, and I just want you to know that in this particular season right now, God is wanting to free you from that, to free you from that also. He wants us to live in fullness. He wants us to be free in our minds, in our emotions. He doesn't want us bogged down. Uh, for me, one of the things, I've shared this before, but one of the things that I struggled with it was comparison. Yeah. That's not a good thing to have because it keeps you from doing anything, really. And... Um, in, in most of my life, well, let me just hear it. So, um, comparison, when you compare, you always feel like somebody else can do it better. Um, and then because somebody else can do it better, you never end up doing it. Yeah. And, but there are things specifically that God has put on your heart, on my heart, and I need to step out and do those things no matter what it looks like. I remember one time sitting in bed, and I was comparing, and God said, um, I never called you to be like anyone else. And also, there's always going to be someone who can do it better. Amen. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, because you want to be the best at what you do. But if you compare, you're never going to, I mean, you just are never going to do anything. And when I could finally let go of the fact, you know, when I could finally stop comparing myself to, uh, to other people and just be okay with who, who God made me to be, things just begin to flow. 
I don't have to look like you or you or you. I don't have to sound like anyone. It doesn't have to flow like everyone else flows. I can just be free to be me. Um, and the, and you know, the truth is I love who I am. I love the way that God made me, you you know, I've got, there's quirkiness, there's things. I mean, Trisha and Phyllis, I mean, I'm so right brained. It's ridiculous. I'm left-handed. Um, I'm just, I have a horrible sense of direction. (laughs) I mean, I, I can walk out of my house and I, and, and, and I'm like, you know, where did I park? Um, and I'm, I mean, I literally, my bra- I'm so right-brained, I'm so creative, and that's the way I operate. And, yeah, and people used to laugh at me a lot and make fun of me, but the truth is I love who I am. I love the way that God made me like this. And even if I have a horrible sense of direction, I often get to see things that other people don't. It's true. I mean, sometimes I panic, and I've called friends going, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, this GPS is my best friend. <laughs> um, but I do. I, I often get to see things other people don't because I'll get lost, and I have no idea where I'm at. And I'm like, God, I have no idea where I'm going. And then I just make a turn, and there's some, something happening over there. Somebody might need help. And I just go over there, and I'm able to help them. But not, had, I, had I not gotten lost, I wouldn't have been pointed in that direction, and that person was blessed by it. And then, then there's beautiful sunsets and architectural things that I've gotten to see because I've gotten lost. I mean, it might be a pain to other people, but, I mean, I embrace it now. <laughs> um, so anyway, the word free. You know, if there are things in your life that's still holding you back, that's keeping you bound, this is the time right now that God is wanting to free you. Whatever it is, whether it's comparison, whether it's addictions, whether it's fear, whatever it is, before you leave today, ask God to free you from it. We are in 2021. This is for every season of your life. But especially now, something is happening right now that God is wanting to do. So... Leviticus 21, priests are to be pure and undefiled, consecrated. I'm reminded of this verse, Matthew 5, 8, that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So I remember when I was younger, when people used to pray over you for purity, it used to make me a little bit mad or a little bit shameful because I'm like, they think I'm watching porn or whatever, all this bad, all this bad stuff. And no, I mean, it doesn't matter what you've doing, but it, it always made me think I was doing the worst possible thing that you could imagine. But that's not what purity is. It's those things. And, um, and there's no shame when you come to God for those things. Um, but, It's about keeping our thoughts and our heart to that which we know to be good or right. That's what pure is. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's also about checking our actions and making sure they are the right motive. When our heart is pure, the Lord is the one that we seek. To be impure doesn't mean that we reject the Lord. We still desire the Lord, but at the same time, we generally have other things in mind as well like success, material possessions, entertainment, whatever it is, when those work, when those things become our primary goal, we end up living for them and not for the Lord or his will. 
our heart's affection is divided between the Lord and something else. So a divided heart could be illustrated like this. Our eyes can't focus on two objects at the same time. If we try, we end up not being able to see either object clearly. They both become a little bit blurred. By trying to aim at both the Lord and some other goal, it's hard to see the Lord. If we want the blessing of seeing God, our heart must be, have one focus. So to be pure in heart is to spend time with God, to spend time in his presence, confessing any sins that he enlightens us about, and then we just ask him to make our heart clean, to make our hearts pure. It's about allowing him to show us anything that causes us to compete with him. And we don't have to be discouraged about it. We just need to tell him we just don't want this in our lives, whatever it is, whatever. We just don't want this in our lives anymore, God. And when we respond in this way, that's when we have, we'll have the blessing of seeing God. So the pure in heart, the pure in heart shall see God. It's anything that's taken our focus away. It's a divided heart, and it can be anything. Um, the word pure means unmixed with any other matter. It means free from dust, dirt, taint, spotless, free from harshness or roughness, and being in tune. Free from what weakens or pollutes, um, containing nothing that does not properly belong. Um, free from moral fault or guilt, free from impurity, um, undefiled, uncorrupted, uh, to be pure is to be real and to be genuine. It's unspoiled, it's untarnished, it's unviolated. You also have out of the word pure is the word consecrate. Um, in Leviticus 21, it's, it's, their priests are to be pure, undefiled, and consecrated. To be consecrated just means to dedicate yourself to God. So after wandering through the wilderness for 40 years, the people of Israel were commanded to consecrate themselves before they could enter the promised land. As this command was issued and followed, they were assured that God would do great things and fulfill the promise he made to them. God wants us to live in his image and his likeness. It's just making a conscious decision to dedicate our soul, mind, and heart, and body to God. Romans 12.1 says, God set us apart to be holy and pleasing to him. How loving is it that God allows us to be like him? Numbers 21 is about cleansing the land. So <laughs> I, went, I shared this before. I went through a period where I, where I went through my whole house and just cleansed my house. But cleansing means to purify, to purge, to make something thoroughly clean. A process or period of time during which a person attempts to rid the body of substances regarding as toxic or unhealthy, to rid of impurities as if by washing, to sanctify, to remove dirt and filth. If you need to cleanse something, it means that it's been polluted. Polluted means contaminated with harmful or poisonous substances. Polluted is impure, unclean, dirty, foul. It's basically waste matter. 
So when you're doing a cleansing of something, especially when God's telling you to do a cleansing something, everything I just said is in it. <laughs> Whether it's your mind, your, you know, your body, your words, or your house. Um, if it's contaminated, um, if it's polluted, it's contaminated. If it's contaminated, it's infected, it's stained, it's corrupted, it's defiled. When land is defiled, it can affect the people living there. So I felt like I, I do a lot of art, and I live in a really tiny, small place, and I don't have a lot of space, storage, and um, I just had stuff everywhere. I had art stuff everywhere, under my kitchen table, in boxes, behind the sofa, under the sofa, behind the door. Every corner had something in it. Um, I had literally no space. And it was getting to the point where I just could not concentrate when I walked into my house. Even when I cleaned it, it did not look clean because I you know, there was nothing in its proper place because there was no place for it. And it started affecting my relationship with God because what I, when I would come into the room, I'm like, I don't really feel like doing anything because, you know. So I was like, you know what? I started watching these little, these, um, the show, Tiny Homes, <laughs> where they redo the tiny homes and they just have, they for whatever reason, they have so much space in these tiny homes. They create these spaces just out of nothing. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to treat my house like a tiny home. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create these spaces. I don't know how, but Lord, I want to cleanse this house because it's affecting my relationship with you. It's, reflect, it's affecting me personally. So I went and bought two storage shelving units from Lowe's. And I bought these plastic bins, and I began to organizing all my stuff, uh, and, and it just sat so beautifully on these two giant shelving units. And I bought some rods, cafe rods, and some beautiful shower curtains, and I hung them from the front of these storage units, and I was like, oh, this is so pretty. And I had everything in its proper place. I looked around, there was nothing in the corners. There was nothing under my table. There was nothing anywhere that it didn't belong. And all of a sudden, I had a peace, and I just felt it rest. And I could sit, and I could sit with God, and I could pray. And, and there was nothing that was, like, keeping me, distracting me. And so I just say all of that because Numbers 21, cleansing the land. I had to cleanse my land because I was living there, and it was affecting me. Yes. So maybe you're in this place, and maybe you need to cleanse your land. Yeah. If you are, do it. <laughs> Because you will be so happy because in the end, you're going to have such a peace. Um, Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then Ezekiel 36.25 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Um, and one of the other things when I was cleansing there, I had, I had an object that somebody had bought me from a foreign land, and it was an elephant, nothing wrong with elephants, but it had all these markings on it that <coughs> were not biblical and meant other things as I began to study, and I couldn't sleep at my house, and I just felt like God said, throw it away, just throw it away. So I went and threw it away, and I'm, I'm telling you, that night, I have never had such a peaceful sleep as I did that night. I slept 
the whole night, didn't wake up one time. I toss and turn all the time in my sleep. I mean, I just slept straight through. And that's part of the cleansing the land, too. You might have things in your house, God just, and you might not even know why. But if you ask God and he says, get rid of it, get rid of it. Just wanted to add that. And then Joshua 21. The Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to the fathers, to their fathers, and they possessed it and they rested there. What's interesting is the inhabitants of Canaan were ferocious and they were warlike. They resisted bitterly any attempt by others to settle on the land that they regarded as their own. But the Lord gave Canaan to the Israelites, and it was theirs to hold if they had the courage and the strength to wrestle it from the Canaanites and keep it safe from their enemies. With God's strength, Joshua and Israel became fearless. They swept over the land, and no one could stop their conquering spirit. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know what your promised land is, but sometimes we have to fight. Sometimes we have to fight for it. So if you're not there and you're just waiting for it to happen, this might be a time that you have to fight. And maybe there's all kinds of obstacles in your way, then keep fighting, keep pushing, keep moving forward because your promised land is there. God promised it to you. Keep moving forward. Keep pressing in. Keep fighting for it. Um, and in that fight, we have to have an unwavering loyalty and faith in God. It was against overwhelming odds that Joshua led the Israel army in its conquest of the promised land. I mean, overwhelming odds. But his loyalty and faith in God is what got him there. It's our loyalty and our faith in God that will get us there as well. There may be some battles we have to fight, so, okay, then let's fight them. We just need to keep pressing in and keep moving forward. Um, so this was just a little short thing of each chapter. Um, you could dig in more deeply if you want, but um, this is really all that I have. But I will say that if you find yourself in any of these places, I mean, like I said, I can resonate with all five of these. But I think if we could have some music, I don't know how you want to end this, but if, if I don't know where Ira went, but if we could have some music, um, if there are things on your heart that God has promised and you're waiting for those promises and you want prayer, if you want to have a heart of expectancy, you know, come up for prayer or sit in your chair and, and ask God. Um, if there is anything in your life where you fee feel that you need to be free from, God wants to free you from that. If, if you're waiting for restitution and restoration, come up for prayer for that because God wants to do that. Um, if you feel like there needs to be some cleansing in your life, let's do it. Let's, let's, get, that, let's get it rolling so that we can have a peace. Um, if there's some purity that needs to happen in your life, well... Let's not be divided in our heart. Let's, let's focus on God and let's get prayer for that. And if you feel like you're wrestling to get to your promised land, then we want to pray for you for that so that you could have the strength and the boldness and the courage to just keep going on. Thank you, Crystal. So I encourage you, wherever God is nudging, you come forward because as we start at the beginning, it's obedience that's the key. 
just simply walking in obedience. Crystal did that with the box for the lady at the courthouse. See what God did. And all the way through, that's what I've been hearing. Every one of these chapters, it's about obedience. So come on forward. We'd love to pray with you. When it's time for you to leave, and for some of you that may be soon, and others you may have longer, but when it's time for you to leave, leave here in a spirit of obedience. What do you want to do through me now, God? How do I walk in step with you? That's always what we want to leave here doing, walking in step with him. So we bless you. If you've got to go, please do. But please don't go before you've been prayed for. I'd love for Crystal to pray with you. Others of us will pray too. So come on forward when you're ready, and we'll be dismissed. Thank you.